If you have noticed in your bulletin, the title of the message today, Wisdom and Answers in Time. W-A-I-T, another acronym for WAIT. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity to come before you. And at this moment, Lord, as it is raining in our, in, down in our church, we're reminded of the showers of blessings that you bestow upon us every single second of our lives. So I want to ask right now for those showers to come and revitalize us in the form of the Holy Spirit. We ask for the Holy Spirit to come into the sanctuary. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come into our hearts as well. Father, the people want to hear your message. They don't want to hear what I have to say. And may the word and the words that come out of my mouth, may it be for your honor and glory. We thank you so much, Lord, and we love you. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Let everybody say, Amen. Wisdom and answers in time wait. Few things make us more irritated than having to wait. Is there anybody here in this congregation that likes to be stuck in traffic? If for some reason you haven't experienced that, all you have to do is go down two and a half, two and a half hours south of here and go to Miami where you will find the best or worst traffic that you will ever find. When we go to the hospital, they call it a waiting room for a purpose. Nobody likes to be there. When you go to an amusement park, whether you go to Disney or you go to Busch Gardens, those lines that last two hours for a 30-second ride, they take forever now, don't they? Now, technology has also sped up some things in our world and has made us much more accustomed to fast things, therefore making us more impatient. Today, we have what we call the smartphones. Sometimes, I wonder why we call them that. When it, at, the touch of our, at, the, you know, at the touch of our fingers, we have basically almost the whole world in front of us. You have that wonderful app called Google that if you don't know something, it'll tell you. You can get traffic directions in a matter of seconds. And if you really so desire, you can log on social media and start a political argument like that. Our technology has sped up things in our world and has made us much more accustomed to fast things, therefore making us more impatient. But yet waiting is very important for our character development. If you think about it, our inability to wait is the cause of so many problems in our lives. We get in debt because of our inability to wait till we can afford something. Social problems and diseases come from our inability to wait as well. We want instant gratification before marriage. And it's funny, 
Paul compares waiting to pregnancy. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Over here in this church, we don't discriminate what kind of Bible you bring, whether it's the one that you turn on or that you flip. So if you have your Bibles, turn them on or flip them to Romans chapter 8. I personally like to read from the New King James Version. And when you're there, please say, praise the Lord. Amen. That's loud enough for us to read together. Then it says, we're going to start in verse 22, by the way. And it says, all around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. You know, I'm sorry? That was chapter 8. I, might have, you know, I, might, I must have read a different version, but it's okay, though. I think the message is still there. It's not chapter 8. It is chapter 8. Yeah. Of Romans. Okay. Thank you. We'll just follow through. Come on. Regardless of that, regardless of that, my friends, the fact that Paul compares waiting to pregnancy, and I like how he concludes this last uh, verse, it says, the, larger, the more we wait, the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Now, those of you that have uh, seen us in our journey, I still have not been here quite a year, but when we first came here in September of last year, it's August, isn't it? So it's almost been a year since I've been here, not quite, 11 months. So in the, in, when we first came here, you noticed that my wife was pregnant, we welcomed our baby uh, for the first time, of course, in December, on December 22nd of uh, last year. Now, granted, waiting for that miracle itself made it even that more special. And the larger, obviously, my wife became, and I'm using this context here, the more joyful the expectancy was. See, the joy that comes with finally seeing your baby after nine months of knowing that, it has, that he has been there makes it even that much more special. So when Paul compares waiting to pregnancy, he actually does very good because it encompasses so many areas of pregnancy. Verse 26, let's continue. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us. I'm actually reading from a, new, uh, from a different version, not the New King James, by the way. Making prayer out of the world as size our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keep us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. You know, when we think of a pregnancy, one of the stories that comes to my mind, and if you can turn there, we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. See, somebody that knew about birth pains in the Bible was Mary herself. Mary, you know, being called obviously the virgin, you kind of wondered, of course, uh, you know, she was breaking the rules of anatomy 
being pregnant without knowing someone. So as we, as we look at this story, let's go ahead and read, and then we're going to get into the meat of the word. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. If you're there, please follow me. Say amen if you're there, by the way. It says, now I'm reading from the New King James for sure. Thank you very much. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Let me stop right there. See, Mary was already betrothed to Joseph. But, 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 as we look in the story, Joseph, knowing her, didn't really know her. And as we continue in the story, you know, it says that Mary, and I want you to, to focus on this part, it says, Rejoice, highly favored, because this is what the angel said, The Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. Verse 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. Let me ask you a question. If you, all of a sudden, if God came to you with a message and the angel appeared to you, how would you react? Would you be joyful? Would you be maybe scared a little bit, frightened? Wait, but hold on. But I'm coming with good news. It says, rejoice. You are rejoiced and be highly favored because you are blessed amongst women. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name, what? He will be great, will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, we're almost done. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary concluded, and she said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel, therefore, departed from her. As we read the story, pregnancy, waiting, I ask myself, and I wonder, how can you get such good news and still feel burdened? This is the moment that puts Mary on the map. It stops you from being an ordinary peasant girl and turns you into a woman that is responsible for the birth of the reason of why you and I are here today. But you, yet, she's troubled. She's burdened and blessed at the same time. Now, life is one big paradox, isn't it? In this life, it seems that for every good thing that we go through, a bad one has to kind of come close by. For every up, there is a down. For every ying, there is a yang. And instead, my friends, of looking up, we look to the sides and start asking, why can't I have what that person has? We start comparing ourselves with each other instead of relying on God himself. 
We start treating God all of a sudden like a vending machine. And the next thing you know, we just simply start using God when all this time God wants to start using us. As we look in the story of Mary, my friends, I tell you, I can only imagine this young girl. She's getting ready for her wedding. She has saved her body. She kept herself pure. She found her husband, and she's as happy as she can be. And then all of a sudden, here comes God and blows the whole party with his word. He blessed her, but the blessing of the Lord came with a burden. And that's what people sometimes don't see when they see that you are blessed. They see that you are blessed, but they don't understand that those blessings became or they came with a burden. By the way, if you haven't noticed in your life, blessings and burdens come together. Blessings and burdens, they're very closely related. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot have children, no matter what age they are, without any burdens. You cannot have a companion or a spouse without any burdens, or is there such a thing as a, a marriage that does not have any arguments? You cannot, my friends, excuse me, you cannot be in leadership in a church and have, not have a burden. You cannot run a church, a school, or a daycare and not have a burden. My friends, you cannot have a paycheck without a job. You cannot have a house without a mortgage. You cannot have an apartment without rent. You cannot have a car without maintenance control. And let me tell you something today. If you can't handle the burden, then you need to stop praying for the blessing because they both come together. Every miracle in the Bible is related to a misery. The man by the pool never mentioned the misery of being by the pool 38 years. 38 years with a burden, being pregnant with that burden, and then Jesus came and healed him. Blind Bartimaeus, he was, he was blinded. The Bible doesn't say exactly for how long, but blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus and he found the blessing after the burden. The woman with the blood flow for 12 years. Noah for 120 years. Moses for 40 years himself. All of them came with burdens before they reached their blessing. If you remember last sermon that I, was, you know, that I preached over here, we talked about the three chairs, the three uh, stages of our lives when it comes to God's blessings. The first one I talked about, it was the tithings. The second one, I talked about that it was a trial. And then the third one, I talked about that it was a triumph. Remember, God gives us a message first when he wants to bless you. He gives you a message. And then after that message comes that really hard time that you, can, you wonder if you're going to bear it or not. You're in that middle chair and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I don't even know if I can bear this. Most people quit when they're in that middle, when they're in that middle chair. But then if you just hold on just a little bit longer, God says, I got your back. Because the triumph is almost coming. Mary, I'm picturing her right now. Maybe she's saying, how in the world, God? How can you wreck my wedding? Have you noticed that we hear nothing, absolutely nothing, about Mary's wedding in the Bible? Did they even have a wedding? I mean, there's definitely no record of it, so I'm going to assume that, there's def that there wasn't a wedding. But see, here's the thing. This is what makes it even more 
I guess, thoughtful. But she didn't have a wedding in a culture that celebrated weddings so strongly that it would last for days. See, back in the day, weddings, that was a big deal. I mean, it still is today. I get it. But back in the day, they would celebrate weddings for days. Jesus even attended one of those. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't say in the Bible exactly how long he stayed. But in that culture, my friends, those weddings were celebrated for ample amount of time. Blessings, they come with burdens. Miracles, they come with misery. Triumph, they come with trials. Promise, they come with pain. And my friends, let me tell you something. And those of you that, and obviously for the women, you cannot have a baby if you're not willing to go through the labor pains. Sometimes we try to find our sweet spot. Big people, they want to be skinny. Skinny people want to gain weight. People with long hair, they're trying to get it cut off. People that can't grow hair, they're trying to get a transplant. Everyone is trying to find their sweet spot where they can have the miracle and not have the misery. But I'm here to tell you people in Port Charlotte, you got to take the bitter with the sweet, the up with the down, the right with the wrong, and you cannot have one without the other. See, the reason the angel told Mary that she was highly favored was because she wasn't going to feel that she was highly favored. You are blessed and highly favored, and in spite of the misery, God is about to hand you a miracle. So hold on to the miracle even when you feel miserable. Don't give up your miracle because you feel miserable. In fact, you might be feeling that you're about, you know, that you're like with the three Hebrew boys in that fire. You feel like you're about to burn. You feel that you can't take it anymore. But let me tell you something. In that story, we were reminded that God, that God is with us even in the fire. Excuse me, I need a, I need a water happens when you get passionate. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Don't give up on your miracle just because you feel miserable. God told Mary, you're going to be homeless, but it will pass. Joseph is about to throw you away. I'll deal with him. All your girlfriends are going to be talking about you when they're getting their manicures. It will pass. You're going to have your baby in a barn with flies and gnats and cockroaches. You're going to have a holy thing in a filthy place. How can you have something that holy in something that filthy? In fact, God has a habit in putting holy things in filthy places. And if he didn't, you and I wouldn't be here today. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Good news, my friends, can be troubling because God's news, they can be disruptive. Mary does the thing that is hard for all of us to do. Mary, after the angel appeared to her, she said, wait a minute, first and foremost, how is it possible for me to even be pregnant? For I didn't know my husband. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And after listening to the angel, she says, yes, the blank check of God, and says, let it be 
according to your word. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do where you want me to do. I'll stay if you want me to stay. While she's waiting for the promise, my friends, and she's carrying the pain, she is serving the Lord. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, maybe you didn't think about this or not, but waiting and serving mean the same thing. When was the last time you ate out at a restaurant? The person that brings you the food, he is called the what? Oh, he's called the waiter. Is he called the waiter because he waits? Actually, I think you're the one waiting for the food, right? He is called the waiter because he is serving you. I thought about that and I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Because all this time, I'm the one that's waiting for the food. I'm the one that's waiting for the drink. And I'm the one that has to pay. Right? When she got the message, she waited patiently for that blessing. And there is no joy like the joy you get when you're not expecting it. My friends, blessings with burdens. Miracles with misery. Triumph with trials. Promise with pain. You cannot have one without the other. If you want the blessing, you have to expect the burden. In the end, my friends, the burden makes the blessing that much sweeter. Imagine going through life and not having any trials whatsoever. Imagine going through life having every day to be sunny. Not like Florida, because that's humid too. But imagine every day that it's sunny, weather is 72 degrees. Is that, is that good enough for you? Zero humidity, right? Wait, somebody said 72 is too cold? I'm going to pray for you. No, I'm <laughs> Imagine if every single day was like that. You think we would take it for granted? Absolutely. Sometimes the Lord allows stormy days. Sometimes the Lord allows rain. And this is relevant for Floridians. Sometimes the Lord allows hurricanes. But after that burden, the blessing comes. After the fire, there's the promise. I want to ask you this morning here in Port Charlotte, what burden are you carrying at this very moment? Maybe you've been carrying that burden for a day, for a week, for a month, for a year, for 30 years. God is saying, don't focus on the blessing Focus on me, and I will give you the blessing in my time. Closing, I want to read the book of Lamentations in chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. In verse 25. And it says, The Lord is good, to those who, what? 
wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Port Charlotte, Seventh-day Adventist Church, I don't know what burden you have right now. I don't know what trial you're going through at this very moment. But like God told Mary, this shall pass. While you wait, hold on to the Lord. And God says, even though blessings and burdens come together, I want to bless you. Simply wait.